the third chapter. We are starting today the third chapter of Ilchot Abodah Zara of Harambam. Mishnah Torah, we studied uh, chapter two yesterday. And chapter three is a continuation. Chapter three really is at the center of what Abodah Zara is, actually defines the kind of things that someone might do and be liable for uh, the, the punishments that come uh, on account of Avodah Zarah. Just to give you a very brief introduction, if you want to remember this, the chapter we studied last week and this chapter, just look at the Ten Commandments, at the Aseret HaDevarim. And uh, you have Anuchi Adonai Elohecha is the first one, which really represents the things we do believe in. And then following that, we have the second commandment actually includes uh, most of the things having to do with Avodah Zarah. has Lo Elohim Aharim Al Panai, which is more in the abstract. It's uh, the, the cognitive idea. Sorry, just one second. Sorry about that. So uh, this chapter deals with uh, with uh, the, the second part of the second commandment, which is lot of them. We may not make idols uh, for for worship purposes, and also we may not do two things with them. Pay attention, lot We may not bow down to them, of them, and we may not worship them. So it's clear here from the second commandment that there is two kinds of worship that are not the same. There is bowing down and there is worshiping. So that, that's mostly the central point that this chapter is going to make. And with that, we start Halakha Aleph. Kol karet. First and foremost, the consequence. Whoever worships Avodah Zarah willingly and willfully, Hayav Karet, he's liable for Karet, which is a, a uh, it's as between him and God. God will not treat this person, uh, will not give him the privileges that come with being part of the Jewish people, which is pretty much automate, uh, automated entry to Olam Abba. And, uh, and as far as, as things go down here, if there were witnesses and hatra'a and a warning, a very explicit warning, telling him, if you do this, buddy, you are going to die. And he says, I'm still going to do it. Niskal. The punishment is sekila. It's one of the four capital punishments. And it's the most severe of them. Uh, we are going to study exactly what sekila means towards the end of the book. So we have about 900 chapters to go till we study that if this was bishaga uh, means through some kind of a of of of, a, of of ignorance either ignoring what was being done or ignoring that that which was being done was forbidden then 
the the consequence is that the person needs to bring an offering of hatat. Hatat kevua, a fixed hatat, means that uh, as opposed to korban oleve yored, it's not an offering that depends on the person's means. Everyone brings the same thing. There is many kinds of worshippers, worships, many kinds of rituals that worshippers of Avodah Zarah establish for each form that is worshipped and for each uh, representation that is worshipped. And actually, not all Avodah Zarot are worshipped the same way. Take for example, Peori was a very famous Avodah Zarah back when Am Israel was entering uh, Eres Israel. Peor, as the word implies, is worshipped by some kind of exposing yourself to the statute. So there is a statute, you expose yourself to the statute, and that's the way you worship it. Very, of course, fascinating psychosexual uh, things going on here. We are not going to get into that. Umerculis. Merculis is uh, another word for mercury. As uh, Jacob Ovadia mentioned in his class, the word miércoles, uh, Wednesday in Spanish, comes also from uh, Merculis. Mercury was always, the, the, it represents the, the star Mercury, and it used to be worshipped by, uh, there was some, some sort of, uh, of something made with stones, and then you'd worship it by throwing stones at it. Or to clean up the stones that people had thrown on it or next to it. That's the way you worship it. So if you do these things, even though they are weird things, they are bizarre, you expose yourself or you're throwing stones at something, still, this is the way that these Avodot Zarot are meant to be worshipped. It's the prescribed way by... Uh, the of the avodah zara, uh, and 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 therefore, uh, this is hayav. The person who does this is liable for avodah zara. And many other kinds of worships were established for other forms, for other uh, deities with lower d. Bet. Therefore, whoever exposes himself to Merculis, eight, it's the wrong, is a wrong object of worship. Or if he throws a stone to Peor, again, different worships that don't apply to that particular idol, Patur is not liable. Of course, it's not permissible, but it's not liable. Until the person does it. Uh, the way it's supposed to be done. Because when the Torah introduces Avodah Zarah, it starts by having this hypothetical case, lest it be, says Moshe Rabbeinu, that you come and you ask, how do the Goim do this, this Avodah Zarah, so I join them. In other words, it's important to know how the Goim do it in order to actually satisfy the elements of this felony. And this is why the Jewish court needs to understand very well how these Avodot Zarot, how these uh, idols used to be worshipped by the Goim. Because the only way by which they'll come to um, exact a capital punishment is if they establish 
very clearly that the person has worshipped this idol the way it's meant to be worshipped. And uh, uh, when it says velota of them in uh, in Aseleta Devarim, like we just mentioned, this is generally the way that these are meant to be worshipped. So velota of them is it has it has the, sorry velota of them is going to 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 have two applications. The first application is what we are saying right now is avoda what we are going going to call later avoda kedarka is worshiping avodazara the way it's meant to be worshipped. I want to open a parenthesis and ask a question, the answer of which I don't know, but I'll speculate. What happens if I wake up one morning and I decide I want to worship um, the grass? Nobody has ever worshipped this grass before. And I decide that the way to worship this grass is by cutting it. And I go and I cut that grass. Did I worship this grass the way it's meant to be worshipped? In other words, is this religion something individual that I can decide? Or in order to be Hayav, do I need to do something that is conventionally understood as worship by others? And if it's the latter, which sounds more reasonable, what if there were three people who started a certain Avodah Zarah? Is that enough to, to be liable for Avodah Zarah or does it need to be something adopted by a larger group of people? I don't know the answer to this. I suspect though that because of the political aspect of Avodah Zarah, it does need to be something that is recognized by uh, some political entity some political entity. So there needs to be some political backing to the rules of Avodah Zarah for it to be deemed to be Kedarkaha, for it to be deemed to be on its way. In other words, for the way of worship to be recognized as a way of worship in order to be liable when someone does that way. Gimal. Bamedevarim Amurim. Sorry, I'm losing the page here. Okay, now we come to the second flavor of Velota of them. We said if you do things that the Avodazara is meant to be worshipped by, you are Hayav. There is another way by which you can be Hayav, and that is if you do to the Avodazara any of these four activities. Now, these four activities are extremely broad, they include many activities that are like this activity. So let's understand them exactly what it means. So when did we say that you are only liable if you worship Avodazara the way it's meant to be worshipped, but if you worship it any other way, you are patur? When you are doing anything other than these four actions. But mishtahave, which means to bow down, zoveah means to do shehita, to slaughter something or to cut something in honor of the Avodazara. Mekater is to burn something in honor of Avodah Zarah. Um, Menasech is to pour something on the Avodah Zarah or in honor of the Avodah Zarah. Now, we are going to see in the next halachot, this is not very specific. In other words, just to preview, uh, we, we are saying to slaughter, right? But even if you cut something, like if you cut a piece of wood, that is a form of, of Zobeah. That is a form of a slaughter. Although there is no animal here, there is no blood, there is no knife, it's the action of cutting. And uh, I'm sure there is also a lot to be said about 
again, the psychosexual uh, underpinnings for these four actions, why these four actions are, are the ones that people feel compelled to do to the deities, I'm going to leave the question open. Obviously, it goes beyond the scope of what we are saying here, but these things are really, really important for anyone trying to understand the Torah, because just to note, the Torah prescribes these four things in the worship of Borei Olam, of God. So there is something to them. that They do satisfy a certain human innate need. And by the way, we do find them from an anthropological, sociological standpoint, we do find them across civilizations, across ages, even today. Go to Japan and you'll see how many people are mekaterin, or go to Mexico, you'll see in, in churches people doing incense, etc., etc. Or candles, candles is also probably a form of hektar. So if someone engages in one of these four actions to any Avodah Zarah, it doesn't matter if it's Markolis, if it's Peor, if it's any Avodah Zarah, Hayav, he's liable. Even though this is not one of the prescribed ways, if you open the manual, how to worship Peor, it does not say you bow down to it. But still, if you bow down to it, you're engaging in these universal acts of worship, these four universal acts of worship, and you're Hayav. And how do we know that it's Hayav? Because it says If someone does Shechita, slaughters an animal uh, in honor of a God, and this is not the God, he's to be put in Harem, which is another way of saying uh, he's going to be subject to the capital punishment and everything he owns. Uh, is not going to be, um, uh, there's going to be harem on, on everything he owns. Gimal. Zaviha bichlal avodot haita. Velamma yasat. Lomar lecha, ma zaviha meyuchedet shovdim bahlashem vehayav azovech laela harsikila aleha. Ben hayetad rechavodata bizvicha o ena bizvicha. Af kol avodah shem meyuchedet lashem. Im avad bahlela her ben shayetad rechavodata bechach ben shayena bechach hayav aleha. So let's go back to the second commandment. We said, We explained. Is the kinds of worships that a person does that are specifically prescribed to that Avodah Zarah. Example, throwing a stone to Markulis, exposing yourself to Peor. We said everything that the four avodot, the four universal forms of worship that are exclusively reserved to God, if anyone engages in any of those with respect to avodah zarah, to an idol, to an entity other than God, then he's hayav as well. And uh, how do we know this? Because of lo uh, or because of zoveah, we have a few Pesukim in the Torah that single out these kinds of worship. They don't single out all four of them. There is no Pasuk that says that whoever is maktir, whoever uh, burns something in honor of a god, is engaging in Avodah Zarah. But we do have these two. We have the Zeviha, which is the slaughter or the cutting. And we have the Ishtahavaya, the Pasuk that Rambam brings, the Pasuk that, that uh, we quoted from the second commandment. And what Chachamim said here, the way they interpreted this, is 
what these two have in common is that both are kinds of worship that are reserved to God. They don't necessarily fit within the specific instructions with respect to any specific avodah zarah, and yet the person is hayav sekila. So too, we have this now category, we create this category of four universal kinds of worship that regardless of whether or not it's kedar kahar, regardless of whether or not this is a form of worship of this specific avodah zarah, anyone who engages in them with respect to anyone but God is hayav. The who, now let's qualify what we said, provided. Sorry, the huadin, no qualification. The huadin lim katerum nasech, vizorukum nasech echad Okay, and so, so just like we have zoveah and mishtahave in the Torah, uh, they are called out. The same applies to mekater and menasech. Vizorukum nasech, now menasech is libation, is to actually pour a liquid, like we do nisucha maim on sukkot. In sukkot, they used to, and in the Beta Mikdash, the instruction is to pour water on the mizbeah. That's menasech, to pour a liquid. Throwing something and pouring something is the same thing. In other words, uh, if you throw, if you throw, uh, let's say, uh, blood on on the wall of the mizbeach, another kind of thing that we would do, this is a form of menasech, uh, and, and this is to answer the question. Hey, I thought that one of the most important parts of worship, of the worship that was reserved to God. The most important part of the korban, actually, as we are going to learn, is the zerikat adam, is to take the blood that came from the korban and to throw it on the wall of the mizbeah. So, how, where is that in the four universal actions that constitute avodah zarah? The answer is zorek um hadhu. Nisuch includes zorek as well. Nisuch, which is one of the four universal ones, also includes zerika, uh, like throwing the blood on the mizbeah. Now we are going to talk about what a person is offering. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are pouring on the Avodah Zarah. The pouring, the act of pouring, is not an act that in the psychology of human beings uh, represents something respectful. It's actually an action of these four, is an action that is a little less respectful. It's a little more almost as if it were you are doing something to the Avodah Zarah. You're not feeding it. You're not providing anything to it. You're not offering something, but it's, I, I want to say it's it's a little violent in the very psychological sense. I'm not saying that you are actually causing any harm, but it does reflect a certain violence that we have. And therefore, consistent with that, it doesn't matter what the object of that uh, throwing is so even if it's soa, if it's feces, or or if it's urine, you are still gonna be hayav. However, if what you are slaughtering is a hagav, hagav is a, a, a grasshopper, but it comes to represent any kind of insect. Uh, insects are not usually subject to shahita, people don't cut them. Uh, people who eat insects, they just uh, cook them as is and then eat them or they eat them as is. So this is something weird, it's out of the ordinary and therefore it's patur, unless 
this is the way that this particular Avodazara used to be worshipped. Same thing if the Shehita is of an animal that is missing a limb, also something out of the ordinary. Across cultures, universally, when someone worships any deity, any idol, through an offering of an animal, that animal is always whole, is always complete. If it's missing a limb, this is out of the ordinary, and it's not one of these four universal actions. Unless this was the way that this particular Avodazara used to be worshipped. If an Avodazara is known to be worshipped through sticks, there were Avodazara that was, were used to be worshipped through sticks. Shavar makel befaneha, if someone breaks a stick in front of it, the person is liable. Again, as we said, this is a form of shechita. It's not an animal, it's makel, but this particular avodazara is worshipped with maklot, with sticks. Therefore, he's going to be hayav v'neseret. And if he does it for the first time, that's how an avodazara becomes asura, as we'll see in, in, in the following chapters. If this is done for the first time, this action of breaking the stick will render this avodazara uh, sort of like active avodazara, and therefore it becomes forbidden. Zarak makel befanea hayav, However, we cannot take this extension of these four universal acts too far. So we are saying that breaking a stick is like slaughtering. Uh, there is an act of violence here also, but the violence, by the way, is not toward the Avodazara, like Zorek. The, the violence here is towards the, the object that's being offered. Okay, so this is consistent. However, how about nisuch? So nisuch, we said, when we pour something, this includes also throwing something. But there's going to be a qualification now and, and a clarification. This is not throwing objects. When you throw an object, it's not one of the four universal acts. Uh, pouring or throwing is only considered nisuch when it's of something that spreads out. I'm not going to say liquid. Haramam did not say liquid. I, I presume that also, also sand probably is is a, is capable of being mitnasech. But a makel, a stick, a piece of wood. If you throw that to the avodazara, you would not be hayav mishum menasech, which is one of the four universal acts. Uh, on the other hand, markulis. If you throw a stone to markulis. Uh, you are hayav, but again, not because throwing is one of the four universal acts. Throwing is one of the four universal acts only when it's something that spreads out like liquids, rather because this is the way you worship Markulis. Because the the um, the, the, the 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 stick stays the way it is. There is no change in the stick when you throw it at the avodazara. Whereas the blood, when you throw blood. On the wall of the Mizbeach, the blood uh, scatters, it spreads. Now we are going to another form of worship. So we spoke about worshipped, worship in the way the Avodah is meant to be worshipped, like throwing a stone to Markulis. 
We spoke about Avodah Sheloket Arka, a worship, not in a particular way that was prescribed for Avodah Zarah, but through one of the four universal ways. And now a third kind of Avodah, a third kind of worship, is the moment the person agrees to, accepts the authority, accepts the authority of this particular, of this particular idol, of this particular um, uh, idol or, or, or deity. So that's accepting this Avodah Zarah Be'eloah, Hayav Sekila. And a person will be Hayav Sekila, although all that that person did was uh, a symbolic action. Even if a person takes a brick, erects it, and then says to the brick, I'm hereby erecting you, and you are now my God, uh, in, in other parentheses, no human being was ever so uh, so uh, feeble-minded to think that a brick that was just erected had any power inherently, or that that brick uh, had any 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 life in it. Rather, the whole idea always was and always is that the moment you erect the brick, you're preparing it, you're making it capable of receiving the spirit. That you are trying to worship. So a more, a more uh, a clear example would be that the moment I'm lifting the brick, I'm also thinking of the moon, and I'm thinking I want to worship the moon, and I'm here by lifting the brick, and the spirit of the moon is now going to inhabit inside this brick, and therefore when I worship the brick, I'm worshiping the moon. But the moment I do that, the moment I inaugurate this avodazara, I make it into something that has authority over me. Even if it's a brick, the Cholka Yosebet or anything else that has the same meaning, and there is no, this is one of those lines that once you cross it, you crossed it. There is no going back. There is no going back and saying, oh no, actually, actually, brick, sorry, I'm going to take the other brick. You're still Hayav for that first brick. When someone does Avodah Zarah the way it's supposed to be done, even if the intention was to disrespect that Avodah Zarah, the person will be liable. If I expose myself before Peor, not in order to worship it, but in order to, 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 do, to, to, to actually embarrass it, or I throw a stone to Merkulis to embarrass it, this is also Avodah Zarah. This is a very interesting psychological insight here, this might actually be what the people who are doing this avodah zarah are craving. The kind of instinct that is being satisfied is an instinct that you actually want to do something to that avodah zarah that makes you feel like you're embarrassing it. And therefore, your motivation here um, is right in line with what was intended, but more to the point, technically speaking, the motivation is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. If you do it the way it's meant to be doing, done, you're Hayav. Hayav, uh, he's Hayav. And if he did not do it knowing that this was the worship, so here Harambam is actually, it's very it's a very hard to understand phrase. Let, let me explain the problem and the answer. 
הפועל עצמו לפעול כדי לבזותו זה רק אבן למרקוליס כדי לבזותו. If someone throws a stone, I'm going to skip one of the two examples. If someone throws a stone at Marcolis in order to embarrass it, and he didn't know, he didn't know that this is the way that Marcolis was worshipped, so he's Hayav Hatat, Mevikorban Ashikato. If he knew that this was the way Marcolis was worshipped, and he thought Marcolis was a god, and he wanted through this worship to embarrass Marcolis, he was upset at what, Marco, at what happened to him on a Wednesday, Miercoles, and he wanted, because of that, to take it out on this representation of Mercury, of Marcolis, and take a stone and throw it at it, that is Hayav Sekila. That is the difference here. So Harambam is Hayav, Kama, Harambam is here presenting the two alternatives, uh, which depend on the person's mindset at the time, but either way, he's going to be Hayav, either Sekila or Hatat. Halakha Vav. Very important Halakha. Now, there is a certain threshold of intelligence that has to be met for Avodah Zarah to be Avodah Zarah. Things that are too silly, things that are too childish, things that are some sort of a fetish, fetishism that's done with Avodah Zarah, does not normally qualify as the actual Avodah Zarah for which someone is Hayav Sekila. And in fact, the Gemara, in the times of the Gemara, the Amuraim were pretty permissive, uh, were pretty liberal in uh, judging in judging what the Goim around us do as something that is that doesn't rise to the level of Avodah Zarah because it lacks the level of sophistication, of intelligence of what we just described. So, העובד עבודה זרה מאהבה, כגון שחשק בצורה זו מפני מלאכתה שהייתה נאה ביותר, או שעבדה המעידתו להשמט הרע לו, כמו שמדמים עובדי השם מטיבה ומרעה. If I worship, let's say, a statue of, uh, of uh, a lady that, that's known to be, let's say, of Shiva, because I'm infatuated with how beautiful all of those arms are, and, and that's why I worship it. Or if I worship, let's say, Buddha, because I think that if I don't worship Buddha, Buddha is going to harm me, okay? So it's out of fear or out of attraction. Very common motivators, by the way. This is not Avodah Zarah. If in addition to that, I also agreed, accepted, consented to the authority of the, that Avodah Zarah, then I'm Hayav Sekila. So if I uh, go to Japan and I give incense to Buddha because I'm afraid that Buddha is going to kill me at night, I'd be patur unless I also accept or acknowledge that Buddha is now my authority. That is what Eloah means. If I worship Buddha, I go and I, I put incense, which is one of the four universal acts, and I'm scared that if I don't do this, he's going to come and eat me at night. But on the other hand, I never agreed to Buddha telling me what to do. That's Eloa, then I'm Patur. And this is probably most people around the world. So there is a very uh, strong argument. Rabbi Yohanan makes that point in, in, uh, in the Gemara that uh, most Koim 
are not worshipping Avodah Zarah. Uh, similarly, Rabbah also makes a similar point um, in, in Babel. Vav, Hamegapef Avodah Zarah Vamenashek Lava Mechabed Vehamarbitz Lefaneha Vamarhis Lava Sach Vamalbish Vamanail all kinds of actions, all kinds of actions that the person does for Avodah Zarah that are not the way that Avodah Zarah is worshipped and are not one of the four actions that we enumerated, but they are actions that are naturally, inherently, uh, they are meant, they signify that you are trying to honor the object of those actions, like for example, hugging, kissing, uh, cleaning, etc. Although it's not Avodah Zarah per se, in terms of being Hayav Sekilah, over of them. This is included within the larger form of velota of them, which includes any kind of act that is done in honor of Avodah Zarah. And these things are a sort of a worship. However, not only is there no sekila, but there also is no other punishment by the court, like Malkut, because they were not explicitly mentioned by the Torah. However, if this was the, the way that you would worship, there was this statue that everyone worshipped it by kissing it, and you went and kissed it, and you did that kissing in order to do what everyone does, you're Hayav. Uh, something a little a little different. What happens if you have a splinter on your foot next to a statue? So you should not bow down to take out that splinter from your foot because it looks as though you're bowing down to the idol. Same if you had coins fall next to it, you shouldn't bow down to, to retrieve them. Rather, you should sit down on the floor. Afterwards, you go and pick them up. They used to have, especially in Roman times, they used to have um, this kind, you can still see them around the world, you have this kind of statuettes, these statues that have uh, it's a face, and from that face, from the mouth of that face, water comes out, and uh, and this was normally done next to a temple next to Avodah Zarah. It has strong Avodah Zarah connotation. You cannot drink from them directly because it looks as though you're kissing Avodah Zarah, although this is not the way it was worshipped, although you're not intending to do it, although it's not an action that is inherently respectful, you're just drinking water, but it has a hint of Avodah Zarah, and we stay away as far as we can from Avodah Zarah, as we'll see in the following chapters. Another prohibition now, Whoever makes an idol for himself, makes a statute for himself, even if he didn't do it with his whole, with his own hand, even if he does it by agency, he he uh, he orders it from somewhere, and even before he worships it, he already is Hayav Malkut, 
because we also have in the second commandment, we may not make any any uh, any fessel, any any carved representation or any other kind of representation, obviously to worship. Similarly, if I don't do it for myself, even if a goy comes and asks me, hey, can you make this Avodah Zarah for me? Then if I make that, I am loke. It's forbidden within the same pasuk. Uh, I'm sorry, from a different pasuk, because it says, You may not make any kind of... Of Elohim Asecha, Masecha is from, uh, it's like Nesech, it's the same Shoresh as Nesech, and it's something that is poured, it's something that is formed by pouring something. So the way they would mostly do it, like they did the Aigel Masecha, the Aigel the, Azahav, the, the golden calf, is you melt a metal and then you pour that liquid metal, that melted metal, into a form, into a mold, and that's Elohim Asecha. So we may not make this, and the Torah did not say you may not make it to worship it. So we may not make it, period, even if it's a goy that's going to worship it. That's why if someone makes Avodah Zarah for himself, now he, he violated two things. He made an Avodah Zarah, the action is forbidden, and he, he wanted an Avodah Zarah to be made. He happened to be the instrumentality for that, but now he he violated two felonies. It's forbidden to make any representations, uh, even for aesthetic purposes, and not for avodah zarah, because it says you may not make beside me, says God, any 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 deities of of uh, silver or of gold. Meaning, any statutes made of silver or of gold, even if for aesthetic purposes, so that others don't make the mistake to think that they are made for worship. Very important and significant qualification. Now, when but this prohibition only applies to a human shape. We may not make a human. A Jew cannot make a human statue. That's why we may not form, not carving on wood or the seed with with some kind of uh, ceramic or cement, or on stone, a human shape. Another qualification, but this is only in 3D kind of images, images that have a 3D quality to them. Like you have these uh, details sometimes on walls and, and so forth and so on, where you have a protruding kind of form of image. But if the 3D quality to it was inwards, it wasn't outwards, it wasn't protruding out the shape. Let's say you have a shape of a face on a, on a wall, and we are going to see in the next halacha an example of that. Then if it's protruding inwards, if it's actually carved inwards, that's not within the prohibition. Or if it's 2D, if it doesn't have any 3D quality to it, it's also not within this prohibition. 
not only it's not within the prohibition, it's permissible. It's permissible to draw human beings. Yud Aleph, Tabat Hotam Surat Adam. They used to, back before uh, the postal service, uh, the, the way they, they would make sure that a letter is sent to a recipient and is only opened by the recipient is they would always have some kind of a wax seal on the letter signed by a signet and that signet was unique to the person sending the letter so you'd know if the signet is not broken that the letter was sent by that person that's how you certified it so tabat is one of those signets Let's say it has within it a human face, right? So when, when you put it on the hot wax, wax to seal a letter, it's going to form a human face. If the signet itself, the shape of that face on the signet itself protrudes out, it's a 3D image protruding out of a human face, then you are forbidden to have it because you're having a human face and it's forbidden to have a human face that is protruding out. But you are permitted to use it. Why? Because the shape that comes from something that protrudes out protrudes in. It goes inwards. If it was the other way around that the signet went inwards but when you sign with it it creates a shape that protrudes in a 3D way outwards in the wax then that is that is permissible to have, but is forbidden to use. Because what you're creating is one of those protruding uh, forms. Um, now, a separate prohibition. This comes from a different from a different sugya uh, in the Gemara. It's also forbidden to. Uh, so we spoke about human shapes, right? It's also forbidden to make shapes of the sun and of the moon and of the stars and of the mazalot, of the constellations, umalachim and of angels. Uh, in other words, it's forbidden to make forms that represent them, okay? This is another baraita in the sugya. Uh, you may not make beside me so that baraita says anything that is beside me says god in other words you may not do things that so to speak are beside god in other words they are from a human point of view they are up above in the heavens and this is this prohibition applies as opposed to human beings of human shapes this prohibition applies even in 2D. <clears throat> I want to point out, point out Rabbi Yosef Kafeh uh, says that the uh, and, and he, he brings proof from Perusha Mishnayot, uh, Perek uh, Gimal of Perusha Mishnayot of, of uh, Mishnah Avodah Zarah of Rambam. He says that this is not talking about a simple representation of the sun to represent the sun uh, in astronomy or, or of the sort, it's talking about the kind of representation of the sun that could be could come to be worshipped. So obviously nobody's gonna worship a three-year-old uh, you know drawing of a sun on a paper, but they might come to worship a very detailed, very perfect uh, statue of the sun. 
And of course, Surah, as we said before, is not always the sun itself, but if you make uh, something representing Apollo, Apollo, which was the Roman god for the sun, the Greek god for the sun, it also be within this. Surot ha-behemotush ar-nefesh hayachos adam this comes up pretty often, especially in synagogues, uh, any representation of any animal and any other living creature other than humans, besurot ilanotuchayim or of trees or of other vegetation, mutar la surotam is permissible to draw them and to make them even in a 3D kind of way. So yes, you may have a 3D lion, you may have a 3D menorah, you may have a 3D tree, etc. All of those were not forbidden and with this we finish this chapter.